Thank you, Adam. Thank you, guys. Uh, like Adam said, my name is Jay Will. Well, Jarian Wilson, but everybody calls me Jay Will. I say family calls me Jay Will. Bill collectors call me Jarian. I'd rather y'all be family. Um, I don't like the old people stuff. So <laughs> um, it's an honor to be here with you guys today. Um, it's funny you say you were, used to drive around praying for the area because um, that was a similar prayer we had for about three years, like God. We want to see a faithful witness here. Um, this, and, it was, and we didn't think it would be us. We was hoping somebody else would go. Um, but God said otherwise. And it is such an honor uh, to be even in this place, knowing where I come from in my backstory, my history. Um, but that's enough about me. If you want to know more about the church plant, please go to the website. It's colacityrefuge.org. That's colacityrefuge.org. Uh, that'll give you a little snapshot. And you can talk to me afterwards. But I'd rather get into the more important thing, uh, the text for the day. You're funny. You're, you're right. Genesis, 20, uh, Genesis 27. I was like, man, uh, yeah, I'll take that on. Sure. Sure. You know, you got uh, conspir- conspiracies and lying and cheating and swindling, and God is in the midst of it. But um, yeah, so Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 through 29. I know you guys, you like to stand when the word of God is read. So please, if you would stand with me as I read the word of God to his hearers. And the text says, When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. But then, but now then, take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. Prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it in, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speaking to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord. Bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock. And bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare for them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will fill me, and I shall seemed to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son, and obey, only obey my voice and go. Bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah said, Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goat she puts on his hands and on the smooth parts of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. 
So he went into, went into his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me now. Sit up and eat of my game that, you, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, because the Lord, your God, granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize them because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He, he said, are you really my son Esau? He answered, I, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate it and he brought him wine and he drank it. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of, the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and, let na and nations bow down to you. Be, lo be Lord over your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. Curse be everyone who curses you, and bless be everyone who blesses you. This is God's words for God's people. Please be seated. I know it's a lot of text. It's like, man, it's a lot going on here. Um, one of my favorite movies growing up uh, that came out in 1997 was uh, by this guy named Jim Carrey. Most people know Jim Carrey. And the movie was Liar, Liar. Favorite movie ever. It's got this iconic scene where the kids are in, in a class and he, they ask Max, his son, what does your dad do for a living? He said, uh, my dad's a liar. He meant lawyer, but he didn't know the difference between a lawyer and a liar because obviously his dad's life didn't even look different between whether he was a lawyer or a liar. They actually intersected pretty quickly. His dad was a big liar. Remember when liar was a bad word? I don't know if that's still a thing for kids, but I'm sorry, it is. I remember growing up, you can't say you lie, you say you fibbed. I remember that, but it's like now it's such a normal piece of conversation. Um, Fletcher was a compulsive liar. That's what he did. He just lied and lied and lied. That's why his marriage fell apart. That's why he was actually, that, that's why he, he, he would make, promises to his son, and he would never keep his promises. He would make promises to his ex-wife, and he would never show up. But it was also the thing that actually made him really good at what he did. In law, as a lawyer, he would go to court, and he would just tell these big stories and make up these elaborate lies, and it helped him win cases. It actually helped him move up the ladder, and he was gunning for the top. But his son on his birthday made a wish since his dad didn't show up. I just wish my dad would stop lying. And we go into this funny story of Fletcher is not able to tell a lie, but he's still trying his best. But he's just having moments where every time he's trying to say something, he says, blah, 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 blah. 
It's just he can't even tell a lie anymore. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how not to lie. He's like, I'm trying to move up the ladder. I don't know how to do this without lying. If you're honest, a lot of times we're kind of like Fletcher. We shoot for something and we will do whatever it takes to get there. We lie, we still, we don't say it, but truthfully, we see it in our nation. They'll kill to move up the ladder. We see it in business politics. We see it in politics. I mean, God, have you ever seen a smear campaign? They take the words that somebody says and just make it sound so out of order and ridiculous. And we see these things as wrong, but yet our world says this is actually how you move ahead. This is, this is the way you do things. Can you be honest? You find yourself in that boat a lot of times. I either got to tell the truth and not go ahead, or I got to bend the truth like we like to say, or have a white lie to move ahead. It's sad. That's what our world expects of us. Yet God has put it place, it put in place, he says, no, 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 if you honor me, I'll take care of everything. If you honor me, if you trust me, I could take care of you. And it's so easy for us to fall into that trap of, well, but if, for me to get ahead, I got to sometimes do the things that's not right to get where I right, rightly want to be. We're going to see in our text today a family that's just full of a bunch of liars. Yet God still blesses them. And in the midst of all this dysfunction, we actually see Christ all throughout this text. It's the craziest thing. So before we move forward, before we get into our text, let us go to the Lord. And I pray that he opens our eyes so we can see the ways, the, the hypocrisy of ourselves, the, the way we conspire against each other. And how he's trying to release us from that. Because we have a greater blessed family. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I am a weak and broken man, and unless you move today, unless your spirit speak today, these are empty words. I pray today that your words stand before your people, that you speak your truth from the throne, that you show yourself strong, that you show, even in the midst of this dysfunction of this family, that you're there, you're present. And you're trying to show us a better path. You are the greater family. You, you offer us a greater blessing. You don't have to lie and cheat and steal to get it. But Father, you offer it freely to us. So I pray today that I decrease and you increase your spirit. Have full reign that you bless the hearers of your people. And that you transform our hearts, renew our minds, and help us to see you as the better, the better family, the better father who offers good gifts. Your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In our text today, we see this is the family of Isaac. He's about 137 years old right now. And he feels like he's about to end, he's coming to the end of his life. It opens up with him and says, 
My eyes opened, his eyes were dim. He could not see. So he called his older son and he said, my son. And the son answered, here I am. He said, behold, I am old. I do not know the day. Take your weapon. He wanted to bless his son. He wanted to offer this good blessing to his son, kind of giving him the covenantal blessing that was given through Abraham and it would follow through Abraham's lineage. He wanted to bless his older son with this blessing. Now, that sounds like a good thing, right? But here's the problem. That blessing was already promised in chapter 25 of Genesis to someone else. See, the younger son was already promised that that blessing would be his. And Genesis chapter 25, verse 23, it says, And the Lord said to Rebekah, Two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. But then it, and it says, Then one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So the blessing that his father was trying to prepare to give to the older son had already been promised to the younger son. And of all people, Isaac should have known this. So right now, his blindness due to his age also showed a blindness due to his kind of rebelling towards God. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I'm going to set my child up the one I like. I'm going to bless him. My oldest son, my favorite boy, that's my boy right there. He looked just like me. I'm going to set him up to bless him. So we see Isaac rebelling against God's plan right here as the text starts off. And then we also see favoritism being played out in this part. Not just favoritism from Isaac to Esau, but also from Rebekah to Jacob. Again, going back to chapter 25, when the boys were born, the, twins, the twin children were born, it says uh, in verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. So we see Isaac rebelling against God, and we also see favoritism between the kids. So the, the family's divided. I, this is my son, this is my child. Me and my wife have this, this uh, joke. We have only one biological son at the, at the time. And whenever he does something I like, that's my boy. <laughs> whenever he does something that I just that gets on my nerves, I say, get your child. You see, it's saying right here that Isaac loved Esau because of the food he cooked. Because of, he, he, he enjoyed the game he ate. And Rebecca just loved Jacob. Didn't say anything special about him. She just loved him. Kind of like, and, and she just loved him. But then we go on even further. As Jacob is trying to, I mean, Isaac is trying to set up to give Esau this blessing. Well, we remember back in 25 that he was already promised a birthright. So we see, based on Genesis 25, that Esau, the same one being set up to receive this blessing, he despised his birthright. I mean, he gave it up for a pot of stew. And it seems like it might have not ever got over to, uh, to Isaac that he gave up that birthright because whoever gets the birthright also gets the blessing. So it looks like he might have been withholding the truth also. And then 
We see Rebecca and we see Jacob. They are conspiring against the plan of, their, of the father. She actually wasn't even supposed to be listening on the conversation. In Jewish customs, when men were having a meeting like this, this was considered a business meeting, women weren't actually supposed to even be present in the room. So the fact that she overheard means that she was purposely eavesdropping because she felt he was up to something. And she gets with Jacob and she conspires against him, against their father. All we see in here is a knot of just foolishness and lies and just, and just we just see a knot of conspiring to get ahead. To get ahead. The reason that uh, uh, the reason that Rebecca was wanting to make sure that Isaac got ahead because if he, I mean, we got that Jacob got ahead because if he's taken care of, I'm taken care of. That says that's my favorite child. Says that's the one I have shown per, special blessing to. If he's taken care of, then I'm taken care of. The reason we see Jacob, uh, I, mean, I mean, we see uh, uh, Ishmael, es- Esau, excuse me, Esau withholding this information from his father is because if the blessing is handed down to me, that means whatever I pray and do before God, I will get that because God can't lie. He can't go back on his promises. So if Esau receives this blessing from his father Jacob, who received, I mean, from his father Isaac, who received this blessing from his father Abraham, then I'm good for the rest of my life and my children will be good. And it's kind of funny that Isaac, of all people, is showing favoritism to make sure that he gives it to his older son when he himself was the younger son. He was the younger son. His brother Ishmael was the older brother, and he was the one that Ishmael was passed over to give the blessing to Isaac. So why, of all people, would he conspire against and rebel against the plan of God? We see this and we ask all these questions of why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? And I mean, honestly, if we look at our life, why do we do what we do? Why do we go so harsh against the truth of God? God says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Yet, whenever it works in our favor, I'm going to throw my neighbor under the bus. He says, do not... You know, walk honorably before all men. But when it benefits us, our honor gets put on the chopping block. We can look at this and say, man, they are acting up. But can we really look at our life and see how bad we act up? How much we rebel against God. We go against his plan. We go against the order he set in place. Love my neighbor as my own self. When it becomes between me and my neighbor, I'm going to get the first dibs on this game. I'm getting the blessing. I don't, my brother, he's, he could get the chopping block. You, you get what I'm saying? Like you get, you feel that, you understand this is what's being played out. It's all about gain. It's all about benefiting ourselves. It's all about getting yours, getting mine. But that was never the economy that God put in place from the beginning. He was all about 
giving of himself, giving his, taking care of his people. And even in the midst of this, even though the older brother was being cheated out of a deal by the younger brother, and the father was blessing the younger brother, we also have been blessed by a younger brother. All of this, even though we see how chaotic and crazy it is, is a foreshadowing of what's been done on our behalf. Jesus, uh, Jacob is a foreshadowing of Jesus. Jesus is the better Jacob. Jesus didn't have to conspire and lie, but he came when his first, the first Adam failed. He lived an honorable life. He didn't have to lie to get the blessing. He received the blessing because he lived a life that pleased the Father. But Jesus is also the older brother. He was here before the foundation of the earth. He was here before Adam. All things were created through him. So we see the older brother laying down his blessing on behalf of the younger brothers, us. He also seemed to have the same type of love that Rebecca had for Jacob because Jacob, she said, he said, I'll be cursed if my father knows that I'm Mark. And she said, I'll take the curse on myself. Jesus has also taken the curse on himself, on our behalf, because we have rebelled against God. We have turned away from God. We have said, forget your plan, God. My plan's better. And we deserve the curse that's supposed to come. Yet, Jesus stepped in and he took the curse on our behalf. Like I say, in the midst of all this dysfunction, we also see Jesus present. And it's funny that the blessing is handed down, even though it's handed down through evil means, through twisted means, through lying and conspiring and trying to get political gain as a family. God honors it because his name was on it because that's mine. I told Abraham that his children would be blessed and they would continue to carry on a lineage and then he gave Abraham passed that blessing down to Isaac the first second son the first little brother and then now he's passing even though he doesn't want to he's passing it down to the second little brother Jacob and then he continues on Jacob actually passes it down to the little brother himself later on in Genesis chapter 40 I think it's 40 but he's passing the blessing on to his little brother and all throughout scripture we see this reoccurring pattern of the little brother the second generation getting the blessing that the father had placed we see it in Exodus when they were in the wilderness, we see it throughout the Pentateuch when they were in the wilderness and the first generation was cut off because they rebelled against God and the second generation went into the promised land. We see it when David, the younger brother and the second king was chosen. He was the one that was blessed. We see this continuous theme throughout scripture that the little brother is the one that gets the blessing. And I could tell you, we have a good little brother. Excuse me. We have a good big brother who laid it down for us. And I just want to be, want to land the plane right here and just tell you the good news is we don't have to fight for the blessing of the Father. We can turn away from the blessing that this world offers and say we have something so much better. We have something so much greater and we don't have to fight and, and lie or steal to get it because it was freely given on our behalf.
It was freely received on our behalf and passed down to us. So I want to leave you with this. Something called a sticky note. Anybody working, everybody works in a professional office or have worked with sticky notes before, usually have this little note that has a little thing on it to help you remember it. So I want to give you this sticky note. The sticky note is we no longer have to cheat for the blessing. Our big brother Jesus has already gotten it for us. He's already received it for us and he willfully gave it over. We didn't have to swindle him out the deal. The second Adam, the little brother, has won it for us through righteous means. You don't have to cheat for this no more. You don't have to fight for it no more. We don't have to fight for position no more. We don't have to try to swindle our way up the ladder no more. We don't have to. This world don't have nothing to offer us. The Father has something so much greater for us. If you are in a place right now where you feel like, I got to do whatever I can to get mine, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to, I pray this convicts you that you are rebelling against God because he says it's already been given. It's freely been given. Just receive it. Accept it. And if you are a believer who know you've already received it, but sometimes you have to put your faith and trust in God on the chopping block of success that this world says they offer. Do it. Don't do it. You want to stand before the Father and say, God, I trusted you through it all. As Paul says when he was writing the letter in Romans, he says, in all things I've been content. I have found pleasure in you. I have trusted you. You don't have to do it. We don't have to fight for the world's blessing. We have a better blessing because we have a better Jacob. And we have a better Esau. And we have a better Rebecca. And we have a better father. I have to work for the world's blessings. Let us pray. Father, help us to see that we have the best that this world can ever offer. We have better than this world can ever offer in you. Help us to trust you. Help us to find our being in you. Help us to put our hope in you and look to you and not fall to the ways of this world that says we must cheat and lie to get ourselves up the ladder. But that the ladder has already been received. The, The blessing has already been achieved on our behalf. Help us to trust in your son today the good son who has laid down his life on our behalf. Who tells us that if you want the Father's blessing, come through me. And you receive only through me. Not through the ways of this world, not through the ladders we try to climb, but only through him. Help us to trust that today, Father. Help your people to hear that today. And forgive me for the times when I personally have done the exact same thing. Help us to see you today, Father. See your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.